The Worship Ministry Catalyst Podcast. www.worshipministrycatalyst.com Worship Ministry Catalyst is a networking resource for all worship leaders and worship team members, serving as a catalyst to facilitate worship in the local church. And now, here are your hosts, David Lindner and Kevin Cruz. Hello, everyone. Hi. Welcome to another episode of Worship Ministry Catalyst Podcast, episode 124. 124. We're getting close to uh, Callie's bus number. What's her, that? her bus number is 139. Uh-huh. So, soon 15 more soon. episodes and we'll be at Callie's bus. <laughs> so, that's something to look forward to. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, so here we are after Christmas. Finally got yeah together after Christmas. Yeah, I know it's been like down. it's been like a month. I think. Yeah, it's been, it's, a little been a, while. it's been a month, and so much has happened. I mean, for starters, Christmas happened. Christmas and uh, New Year's. Yeah, New Year's happened, right? And pretty soon Valentine's Day That's is happening. Right. So. And- Die Hard 5 comes out on Valentine's Day. Whoa. Nothing says I love you like, <laughs> like taking your wife to go see Die Hard 5. Watch stuff blow up. That is kind of odd marketing because I don't know. It might be kind of brilliant at the same time because it might be for like all the guys that don't have dates. Oh. They'll go. have something to do on Valentine's or Day. Or maybe all the wives who want to really just, you know, um, make their husbands happy. Like, hey, honey, let's go see Die mm-hmm. Hard. I know you'd like that. Yeah. But I just can't see that going over. Wouldn't go over well in my house. Yeah, I don't think <laughs> Melanie would be into Die Hard no. um, 5 or any of them for that matter. I like him. I, I like the I'm movies. I'm a fan. I'm a fan. Although the fourth one, you know, uh, that um, after that initial trilogy, yeah, I wasn't totally sold on that one. I actually like that one. Yeah, I just felt like... I like the, the change of going to like bigger it was it was, it was like a big yeah. blockbuster mm-hmm. action type of thing but I'll, i don't know i just felt yeah i thought i didn't like the third one as much i like oh that's like two. my favorite <laughs> the, one, the, the one with samuel L. jackson yeah. come on oh like yeah. he's on the, the well, i like samuel L. jackson and that whole that's that plot line i didn't like the bad guys in it, it just oh it was so cool yeah. like he was on on this like scavenger hunt you know i mean not like a really bad scavenger hunt <laughs> <Where> people die <laughs> um, <laughs> like the kind of scavenger hunt you don't want to go right. on um no I, I i thought it was so cool you know like they had to figure out all the little clues and do the water thing to you know and yeah. then then there was the bomb you know and, and the school but it really wasn't it was you just know, juice or something it was, yeah, like spoiler alert. Ho- hopefully, yeah, hopefully, you, you haven't watched it. Hopefully, everyone's watched watch Die Hard 3. If you've been waiting for years to watch it, we apologize. <laughs> yeah, they're like, you ruined it. I was going to watch it tonight. Tonight was the night I was watching Die Hard 3. So, anyway, uh, but um, I don't know. The fourth one, it felt too much like they were just trying too hard to make it a big action blockbuster um, you know, funny. Uh, you know, I'm an Office fan, right? Yeah, I was going to bring that up. That, where Michael Scott, yeah, talks Michael about Scott it, yeah. actually says, I think a very perceptive thing. Yeah. Uh, in, in that it's like a, the season three episode of The Office where Michael Scott works two jobs mm-hmm. and he's working at a call center and and he's talking to uh, some of the call center people and and he's like, you know, in the first movie, 
Uh, Bruce Willis was just an everyday average guy just on a plane ride, you know? Uh, um, and uh, in the fourth movie, he's like a superhero, mm-hmm. you know? And I was like, that's actually really accurate. Yep. That's why I like, you know, the first one. It's just this every guy, day guy. Going. You like it because Michael Scott said. <laughs> That's why. <laughs> I like it for that reason. Yeah. No, I, I, I did like, uh, yeah, I thought the first one really good, classic, yeah. whatever. Anyway, n- enough Die Hard. So I took one of my, one of the almost dead batteries out and put it in your clock. So now your clock works. Dude. Until that battery dies. Thank you. <laughs> Do you know that um, that clock has been... Oh, whoops! That clock has been stuck on three fifteen for like the last six months because <laughs> I I just um I have zero motivation to actually put a new battery put in a new it. battery in. <laughs> um, so I'm really glad you did because it probably it probably would have been another six months. You know, every now and then, like someone will come in my office and and get this really confused <gasps> look. Yeah, like wait, what? You know, or Am this, I late? Am I, uh, yeah, um, or or like a total panic look. <laughs> I'm always like, oh, don't worry about it. The, the battery died a long time ago. I'll replace it someday. <laughs> and, you know, it's, it's always, well, why not just replace it now? Eh, I don't feel like it. <laughs> not tall enough. That's actually Sorry. a big, yeah, it's a big reason, man. Because I, uh, I have to stand on that table just to get there. Um, anyway, well, thanks for doing that. Yeah, well, now you have a clock. Until awesome. That is, it actually, is it the right time? I think so. Dude, you're awesome, David. Thanks. That's what happens. I, I get up to go to the bathroom, and next thing I know, my clock's working again. Yeah. Sweet. I don't know how long it'll last, but well, until that battery dies. You know what? It's it's better than it was. And I if have it to dies... come back over here because we're in Kevin's office. If oh we yeah. Have, yeah. Sorry, that's we're not in we... my cold garage. We're in the uh, we're cool. in Worship Ministry Catalyst Studios. I actually, East. I actually brought one of my uh, heavy coat snakes. <laughs> I thought I thought we were going to be recording yeah. in your garage. Um, but no, yeah, we're 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 on the east the east recording studio. Yes, east studios. Studio uh, worship WMC Studio East. Uh, <laughs> no, we're trying to sound cool, um, but not that cool. We're just in my office. We have more recording equipment than like a house. Your average homeowner. Your average probably. home. Yeah, yeah. No, that's true. That's so. true. And your garage is pretty sweet. You know, I'll never forget it's that. It's pretty um, jam-packed full of stuff. But. Yeah, but you remember that uh, that last episode we recorded? Mm-hmm. Um, bef- uh, like, it's towards the end of fall, and it was just this beautiful day outside, we opened up the garage door. And an airplane flew over. Yeah, and We had no. to stop until, yeah. <laughs> but that was awesome, though. Yeah. I mean, that's... Like that's, recording out in, in, the, in nature. We were. We were out commuting in nature, recording a podcast. It doesn't get much better than that. That's true. Yeah. I think it'd be better is if we had, were like on the beach and like oh, the beach. a Christian safe version of a cocktail in there. Okay. <laughs> uh, a, a non a alcoholic uh, alternative. Yeah. Um, grape the, juice. Yeah. yeah, grape juice or uh, a um, sparkling cider. Sparkling cider um, or a like a like a, a cherry uh, a cherry Pepsi or some kind of cherry lemonade. Virgin or, daiquiri. Yeah. See. Yeah, the uh, Christian alternative um, to, <laughs> to a margarita, whatever that would be. And if you're listening to this in the car with your kids and they don't know what virgin means, we're sorry. Whoops, sorry, did I, <laughs> did I say that? Well, in context, it was it was yes. appropriate, but... No alcohol, that's what it means. Non-alcoholic, yep. Um, but, yeah, I, uh, I went to the beach with Melanie, speaking of beach, um, a couple weeks ago. Went to Cannon Beach, which is... 
for those for those of you who are thinking of the beach, it's not like the beach that you're thinking of. Yeah, this unless is not you're southern, from the Northwest. This is not Southern California. <laughs> you know, sunny weather all the time. You know, this is not, um, whatever. This is not Florida beach. This is Northwest beach. Mm -hmm. So you got to understand, um, that, you know, nine months out of the year, it's raining mm -hmm. and cold and windy, windy and like, miserable. Like a hundred mile an hour winds at the a beach, lot of times at the, the Oregon, coast, yeah. at the Oregon coast, which, uh, you know, I, I, Washington has some beaches, I think, but I, we always just go like Oregon, you know, like seaside or, or mm -hmm. Cannon beach. And you're safer there because if we have a, if you have a tsunami, there's actually high ground. Like if you go to long beach, there's nowhere to go. And you're stuck. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye. Yeah. But so. anyway, so, um, yeah. So Mel and I, you know, we, we love going to, um, you know, seaside with the girls or Cannon beach. Those are probably the closest beaches to our house. Uh, cause, um, even though they're Oregon coast, you, you know, we live in the Portland area. You could just take highway 26, mm -hmm. whatever point being. So here we are, it's January. Okay. And we're like, let's go to the Oregon coast. We, we had a little gift certificate. And so I'm thinking it's going to be freezing. It's going to be windy. It's going to be rainy. I mean, we get there. I I've never seen such beautiful weather like any time of year <laughs> even it, during the summer even during the summer it was no clouds in the sky it was warm uh there was barely any wind we went over to, to haystack rock which is um a really big gigantic rock over in Cannon beach i think it's like one of the largest freestanding rocks in the world or something like that um looks uh, like a haystack yeah it looks like a haystack or no maybe it's it's the largest ocean was it, what do they call it? Like a monolithic, a monolithic rock or something like that. Um, whatever. It's a big rock. It's a big rock in, in the <laughs> ocean, but you can actually like walk to it on low tide. You can get to it. And so, I mean, there we are. We're at Haystack Rock. The sun is shining. Like, you know, I'm taking my sweatshirt off because it's Birds warm. Are singing. Yeah, you know, and, and we started climbing, you know, over to Haystack Rock, and there's all these like clams. And, you know, I mean, it was just, it was Unicorn amazing. Unicorn comes out of the cove. <laughs> <laughs> A rainbow fills the sky. No, but the it was. Leprechaun. It was, it was a that really. That was my Irish accent. Did you like it? No, it was a really beautiful, beautiful day um, at the beach. And uh, I, how do we start talking about beaches? Um, weather, cocktails, cocktails, right? Now, Podcast right. in the garage. Podcast. Anyway, so enough, enough <laughs> on all that. Um. <laughs> but if you do get to the northwest coast, yep. on a nice day, there's nothing like it beautiful it's amazing and what we experienced um a couple weeks ago at canna beach was amazing yeah i mean it was it was beautiful up in long beach washington you can actually drive out on the beach with your car and just park uh, your car and just like sit in your car and yeah that's pretty that's kind of nice that's if your nice. car can handle the sand otherwise you might get stuck yeah it you might gotta, not be know, a great four, idea four wheel drive don't yeah. don't try to take your little sedan out yeah we there. had my wife and i did that a few times before we had kids when we had the jeep four wheel drive now we have uh, the the Nissan Sentra might not do so well. In yeah, the don't try to don't try to do it. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. We're real people. We live real lives. We have real aspirations to go to the beach. <laughs> All I want is a nice day at the beach. Is that too much to ask for? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so today talking about um, yeah, talking about uh, American Idol. <sighs> man. <laughs> I watched like one episode with that Nicki Minaj. Gal it's a and, disaster. And I'm, I just like, never mind. 
There's... Yeah, we've watched one episode. I don't think we're gonna watch much more. Yeah, they've it... kind of ruined it. They should have shut it down when when two judges last year quit for sure. Should have yeah. shut it down before that when Simon left. Well, gosh, I was thinking. I mean, didn't last year? Correct me if I'm wrong, because I I don't say too much up on Idol, but you had Jennifer Lopez, right? And that Aerosmith, uh, Steve, mm-hmm. uh, Steve Tyler. Tyler Tower, right? Weren't didn't they just come on as judges? So they were only on for one season and then they left. Um, I don't know if they were one or two. I can't remember. Yeah, I seen them. Remember, I, I thought it was like only one season. Um, you know, because they had a they had Ellen DeGeneres at one point as a fourth judge, and that's right. Yeah. Um. Anyway, I, it's I'm, a disaster. Yeah. Somehow they still get. Ratings. ratings but and that's all that i think matters. it's just because people like to tune in and watch a train wreck now i mean they're <laughs> just, just waiting for, for minaj and uh carrie to throw down at some point during the judging session yeah she just annoys me yeah Nicki minaj well carrie annoys me too yeah Mariah carrie yeah she she's got her own little entitled well, at least, attitude she, at least she's got some credibility she does. I mean, she's you know she's a like an actual you know successful artist. She's, she's actually successful she's from back in the day when he had to have talent to succeed oh man tell me about it sorry if you're a big Nicki minaj fan whoops well anyway no we aren't talking about no, that what we are talking about is a kind of a interesting theoretical topic of you know church um how do you say it? what what is what is the church is it in is it an organization you know that that needs to run uh, or is it an organism that is moving and alive? Yeah, well, and... how about if, you know, may, let me ask this question. You know, if you look, if you think back to when the first church started, like with the, the Acts 2 church, yeah. yeah. Like when you or think about, Peter, you I mean, know, like the Peter. Holy Spirit's anointing on that church mm-hmm. and like the birth of the church from Acts 2. And then you, you know, fast forward to today. Do you think... Is that what they had in mind? Do you think this is what they had in mind? Yeah. Do you think this is what Jesus had in mind when he left his call to go into the world and make all disciples, that we should you know, set up organiz- organizations that require lots of money to run and lots of maintenance to run just the organizational factor of the church? Or do you think he would rather us be spending our time and efforts on going into the world making disciples. Yeah. And and just to be clear, I mean, I'm, you know, I'm I'm a fan of the local church. I mean, I am. I I, I believe in the local church and I, I believe that that the local church has a very significant role. Um I do too. My concern isn't, you know, I like Bill Hybel said, you know, the the local church is the hope of the world or something like that or I I'm sure that's not the exact quote. My my <laughs> My issue has become that uh, very few local churches have the number one priority right anymore. Yeah, and and the question is, you know, how do we get there? Mm-hmm. You know, and, and for me, I mean, I'll speak for myself here, David. Like, you know, I'm I'm not I'm not advocating that that we all you know go back to you know the days of, of Peter. You know, upon this rock I will build my church. You know, I'm, I'm not advocating that we you know do these little house you know house churches. Um, I mean, there there are some of the emerging church. Kind yeah, of, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, like, and I'm not saying that's bad or wrong because obviously, you know, the, the emerging church and there's been this model of of you know 
doing church in community, you know, kind of having a communal aspect. And, you know, I mean, I even got a friend who is a part of this church where, I mean, literally um, they, they all bought houses in this neighborhood. Yeah. Um, And, and like they, they raise each other's kids and they like, they, they grow crops in their backyards and, you know, they, they, it's like a self-sustaining, you know, community. Yeah, it totally is. Yeah. It's really weird. Is this in Portland? It is. Yeah. Yeah. It's like in the North Alberta district of Portland, but Mm -hmm. You know, and um, he loves it. Like, it's one of those things, you know, uh, <laughs> you know, it's like one of those things, like once you're in, you're kind of in there for life. And, right. and uh, um, you know, and he has every intention of staying in there and him and his wife have been raising their kids and, you know, and they take, they take part in raising, you know, other people's kids. And uh, it, it's very much a community and it's just communal living. And like I said, self-sustaining crops and food. And mm-hmm. um, so... I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. And I'm not saying, I'm not saying that. It might be actually really cool. It might actually be cool. If we were part of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not not that there's anything wrong with that. I'm just saying that. That's not the norm. It's not the norm. And I'm I'm saying that I'm not um, opposed to that. But, um, you know, like, because I I do, obviously, I have a bent and I have a bias because I work at a church and Mm -hmm. I I work at a church that, you know, that, that pays me. And I work at a church where, um, you know, we, we have a building and we have a sound system. Um, you know, so, so I, I have no, you know, I have no problem, um, you know, with that, but yeah, I agree. It's like, what, what do, are we doing as a church, um, you know, to further the kingdom of God and making that our priority? Uh, because I think there's a tension that exists and there's Mm -hmm. a danger that exists where, church becomes about getting more people in the seats so that more people give money so that we can do more programming and that we can mm-hmm. hire more pastors to do more programming you know yeah um and before before we carry on i i do just want to say if you don't think this affects your worship ministry and you want to tune out don't <laughs> <laughs> don't tune out yet because no. Even though we're talking about the church as a whole, this very directly impacts the way you do worship ministry and the way you can do worship ministry. And you know, if you aren't if you aren't thinking this way within your worship ministry, um, you're likely to just take whatever comes at you from the church as a whole, as opposed to trying to do church or worship ministry the right right way, regardless of whether or not the church is functioning that you're working at in the right way. And we see yeah. that all the time with youth ministry. You'll a lot of times you'll see real successful youth programs right. in a failing church yeah. because the, the youth program, the youth pastor, the youth ministry is going after the right things. And the, and the big church is still stuck on some other maybe unimportant issues. But, yep. um, so this very much affects worship ministry. So that's why we're talking about it. But, yeah. um, you know, I, even if you set, if you know, we were talking earlier, for me, I think the only way the church should be like a business is in money. Like I think the church has to handle its money well. And I think worship ministries have to handle their money well. I, I've known worship pastors who have blown their entire budget for the year in one month. Well, that's a really bad way to spend your budget. Yeah, not being a good steward yeah. of resources. and Sure. Um, and... So, you know, I think the church has to handle money well, and if the church doesn't handle money well, then that's a problem. But at the same time, I don't think that everything that we do as a church should be, you know, have that as the goal that we're trying to do money well as a church. So 
we want to get more people in here so we can have be in the black. We want to be able to pay off our debt. We want to be able to, like you said, hire more pastors and do more programs. Like if those are our motivations for success as a church, then, then we've really gotten off track. Yeah. Um, and it doesn't take much evaluation to see where you are as a church. I mean, so like, and the, and this, and what I'm not saying that being a, small to medium sized church means you're a failure because I think in a lot of ways, Lorewood has been very successful in the sense that it sends a lot of people out yeah. into the world to do ministry and the, and has probably had a very, very huge impact on a lot of places, both in the United States and around the world because of the people that you train and send out. So that's one great way to measure whether or not you're succeeding. Yeah. And I, I think part, you know, since you're talking about that, um, Pastors in general, I mean, both worship pastors and senior pastors, I think they they live and exist in this tension of um, measurable success. And mm-hmm. and so often, like I see it where success is measured by how many people are mm-hmm. at your church or, you know, how big your budget is or what's your next building program. Um, I used to think that way. And, and yeah, but then when you stop and think about it, I mean, isn't that so much a a worldly business perspective? I mean, that you know, that, that's how Fortune five hundred companies are ranked. You know, like how how much profit are you making? Mm-hmm. Um, you know how how effective are you being in bringing in a revenue stream? Um, and it's like, boy, shouldn't there be something a little different about the church? I mean, and and if it's not this, then what is it? Like, what is it? That's different about the church. And I believe my my personal feeling is that what separates the church from every business and organization in the world is that, you know, our our goal is to bring people into the kingdom of heaven. You know? Mm-hmm. Our goal is to bring people into the kingdom of heaven and to reign raise and train disciples who eventually will will make other disciples. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you said, I mean, that, that's kind of been one of our themes and one of our goals at Laurelwood that, I mean, you know, we're not a huge church. Um, you know, I, I don't think we ever will be. And that's fine, you know, because, you know, for, for me, for us, it's not about having, you know, a thousand people here and some, you know, awesome, you know, multi, you know, uh, multi-layered congregation sanctuary mm-hmm. or yeah, sanctuary. I mean, you know, it, it's not about having the most people like, you know, for me, it's like, man, are we, you know, are, are we baptizing people? Um, you know, are we sending people out? Are, are we creating disciples of Christ? Are, are we sending, are, are we creating disciples who are, who are going out and, and raising other disciples? Um, yeah, that baptize, that baptism thing is so important. And, and, and for me, I think it needs to have the qualifier. If you're going to use it as a measurement, it needs to have the qualifier of new believer baptism. Mm-hmm. because you know I've been in a lot of churches where we have adults who get baptized, but the only adults who ever get baptized are people who are making some kind of like rededication mm. or they, you know, they grew up Mennonite and you don't get baptized in the Mennonite, you know, <laughs> so, so now they're, so now they want to get baptized because they never did it. And you know, so like, and those, and that's seriously like all of the adults that <laughs> were getting baptized were doing these kind of things. If you're not having new believers as adults, well then, you know, then I think it's time to tweak. And, but the problem is like you were talking about living, we live in the unknown. Like how do you measure life yeah. change? You know, it's, it's not something you can measure. So we try to find things we can measure. Right, And that, and that right there is the problem. Like you can't measure it. So why are we trying? Right. You know, and, and, and I feel like there's this tension that exists where, um, 
where we try to measure success and we try to measure how great our church is and we try to measure all these immeasurable things. These, we try to measure our worship ministry. Yeah, and, like, and they're intangibles and mm-hmm. you can't measure them. And it's like, so maybe we should stop trying and maybe we should stop trying to treat the church like a business um, and maybe we should start going in the business of changing lives. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it, it's tough, man. It's tough because, you know, again, like I'm, you know, I, I'm like, I don't want to come across as like, I'm a hater of, of, uh, you know, church buildings. I'm a hater of like structures, like church structures, you know, and again, I'm, I'm not advocating for living in a communal um, tribe. Um, although again, I have a friend who does that and mm-hmm. it's a real cool thing. Um, so I'm, I'm not hating on you guys either emerging <laughs> churchers, um, but you get what I'm saying? Like, I'm not hating on the structure of the church, but I'm saying, boy, there's gotta be a better way of, uh, of, of, um, of, of trying to approach, uh, these intangibles. And my feeling, my suggestion, my thought is just stop trying to measure it all together, you know? Stop trying to compare your your church to, to Willow Creek. Stop trying to ch- compare your church to, um, you know, w- whatever. Um, well, that's and that's the curse of the digital age, you know? Like, uh, it's so easy to see what everyone else is doing, and then you think, well, we ought to be doing that. Why? Seriously. Like, why should we care at all what Willow Creek does? I like what they do. I like seeing what they do. I like a lot of the creative stuff they do. I like seeing what North Point does. And I like seeing what, what Saddleback do. And there might be ideas there that might work here. But like, that's that's not a good enough reason for me to do what they do just because they did it. Yeah. And, and I think when you apply this to worship ministry in the context of worship, you know, it's very easy. Um, you know, I mean, I, I, I listen to a lot of music. I buy a lot of CDs. And, you know, sometimes they come with like, um, you know, the deluxe version has like a bonus DVD, you know, <laughs> you know, I'll pop it in and I'll watch it. You know, usually it's like four or five of the songs, you know, um, I mean, pro- probably Hill songs is most famous for doing this or, mm-hmm. um, you know, or, or, uh, um, new life worship or, you know, w- one of those groups, mm-hmm. you know, Bethel Baptist, um, you know, their, their youth, um, band, but you know, you, you watch it and it's like, I mean, this ultra, uh, polished production and, you know, it's like, you know, thousands and thousands of people worshiping and it's like, you know, this amazing, you know, spectacle of light and, and sound and energy. And, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm sitting here in my, in my little office, I'm like, Oh man, you know, why, <laughs> why can't, why can't I be like that? You know, what's wrong with us? And, you know, nothing inherently wrong with what Hill songs and, you know, United and Bethel and, 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 uh, you know, Generation Unleashed and all those guys are doing, or I mean, new life worship, um, you know, nothing wrong with that. Here's, for them. For, for them. Exactly. Exactly. Yes. Thank you, David. Nothing wrong for them. But what is right for you? You know, and what, what Hillsongs and all those groups are doing um, may not be right for you. And it's okay. It's okay. You don't have to be the next, you know, Joel Houston, you know, um, you know, let's worship, you know, you have to be the next, like Kim Walker laughing at every sentence, you know, you, you don't have to, you don't have to be that, um, to be an effective worship leader. And, and I think again, that comparison of, wow, you know, look, look at them. I mean, they're, um, you know, they're, they're selling out, you know, sold out tours. Uh, I mean, you know, I saw, um, something on Facebook, you know, Jesus culture, which is, uh, um, you know, I believe that's the, the offshoot of Bethel, uh, Bethel church. Uh, it's like their youth band. Jesus culture is coming to Portland, you know, and 
And, you know, it's like, hurry, get your tickets now before they get sold out. And, you know, I, I, I like Jesus Culture. I mean, I have a couple of their CDs. They, they have some good music. Um, you know, Kim Walker annoys me a little bit how much she laughs, but, <laughs> you know, um, whatever. That's just a personal thing. Uh, she does, man. She like laughs like like every every other line, you know. <laughs> a sloppy wet kiss. <laughs> um, God is so good. <laughs> anyway, whatever. Sorry, that, that's a personal <laughs> thing. So I don't mean to offend Kim Walker Jesus culture fans. Um, no, I'm just gonna laugh at random places. Thanks. Thank you. No, sorry. What, what what was I getting at? My point, man, is is that's exactly right. Like like. You, you see these things and, you know, sold out concerts and, and all of a sudden, you know, you start thinking like, like, well, maybe this is the key. Maybe this is the ticket. Maybe if I had, you know, um, you know, th- this kind of production, this level, like we, we could start selling things out and selling tickets. And all of a sudden it started, you, you start, you start going down that slippery slope of it becomes business and money. And I'm just saying like, for, for me, what what I've had to realize is Laurelwood is not going to be Jesus Culture. It's not going to be Hillsongs United. It's not going to be gener- you know uh, New Life Worship, uh, Desperation Band, you know whatever. Well, so, so like, let me give you an example um, and make a comparison. Um, so when I went to high school, my high school, the newest part of my high school was like forty years old, <laughs> and that was and, the newest. Yeah, and the main part of the high school is over a hundred years old, right? Well, okay, so a neighboring town gets a new high school. Uh, so what happens? All of a sudden we're talking next year how remodel. we need a new high school. Yeah. So they build a brand new high school. Wow. Well what happens, you know, the next town a couple years later, they get a new high school. And it's just like all over, you know, all over southeast Ohio, everybody's getting <laughs> new high schools, right? Out in like a ten year span, all the schools that we played in football against in high school had new high schools. Yeah. Like and and but we had the same school for a hundred years, or at least you know forty years, if even in the newest part, does does having that you know that that old building mean that I got educated differently than the teachers that came along after in the new building? No, right. they're the same teachers that went from the same school to do the same thing. So you know nothing changed. Well, how many times have you walked into a church and thought, "Oh, this looks exactly like so and so's church," or like even the old churches? With the A-frame, like how many A-frame churches could you name off the top of your head driving right. through town? Like, right. oh, well, one church does, puts up a new A-frame. Well, then another, you know, the next year, oh, we need a new we A-frame gotta, church. We gotta do that. Some church builds a big auditorium, so then the another church has got to build a big auditorium. So why, like, just because they're doing it and it's right for them, there's no reason at all we should gauge our success as a church against theirs, yeah. like. What we need to do is like is just throw all that stuff out, just forget about it all, and just get back to the main core, the main mission. Who are we supposed to be as a church, and figure out how to do that as best we can, and just forget it. You know, just go after go after the Great Commission, go after the you know the two greatest commandments. If like, what would happen if we as a church just went after those things with all of our hearts, loving God and loving others? Yeah, you like, know? Wow. can you imagine like if we just set all this other junk aside and just went after it? And and yeah, I mean, I think I think that right there is is kind of the the main point. Like, boy, you know, let let's stop trying to compare. Um, let's stop trying to make our church about business and numbers and dollars and you know that that tension of well, you know, if we if we could only bring in more people and if we you know if we had this better programming or you know if if our if we had a fog machine in our worship you know mm-hmm. d- during our worship time. 
and and we had you know fancy rotating lights you know with uh whatever boy uh people would really like mm-hmm. that we'd really get a lot of people mm-hmm. then um yeah it's it's yeah putting pressure on the wrong thing yeah and like, and so i would say i mean bottom line um you know i think what what we're getting at is um, don't don't try to be something you're not. Understand your church. Understand the DNA of your church. You know, like like I've been here at Laurelwood, you know, six and a half years now. Like I I I understand what this church is made of, and I understand the people in this church, and I understand what they need, and what they don't need is a big you know uh, Hillsong United production, and you know with with lots of crazy high energy. Uh, again, nothing wrong with that for, you know... That might be what your church needs. Yeah. That might be perfect for your church. Yeah, and, and if that is, that's great. But mm-hmm. understand what your church needs. Understand who your church is. And then do it. And don't worry about trying to be the next whatever. Don't worry yeah. about comparing to the, the church down the down the street. You know, don't worry about that. Yeah, our responsibility as leaders is to lead our people, not, yeah, not, not to chase others. No, that's great. <laughs> Yeah, so. yeah. Church, church isn't about being a, a business or organization or making money. Um, you know, I, I think that's what we're saying. You know, w- once you start doing that, having that mindset, uh, it, it's a it's a slippery slope. It, it's a it's a tough thing to mm. to chase because you'll never get there. There'll always be some church that's bigger and better, and there'll always be some church that has more people. Um, instead, just be the best church that you can be for your people. Um, to help your people connect with God, to do kingdom work, to bring people into the kingdom of God, to, to baptize people, you know, to, um, um, to send people out as disciples, you know, mm-hmm. that, that's what church, your church should be about. Yeah. So it's, uh, there it is. Um, we're out of time. We so, are. um, real quick, worshipministrycatalyst.com. Make sure you go there. We, we're working on something. Hopefully in the next month or so, you'll hear from us a, a uh, an announcement about a, a roundtable we're working on with some other worship leaders, worship pastor, bloggers out there. So uh, you want to check back for that. Um, we have some some other things we're working on this year. Hopefully, we'll be able to support your ministry in a great way. So make sure you go to worshipministrycatalyst.com and check out on those and uh, stay stay in touch for what's coming up with the roundtable. But WorshipMysteryCatalyst.com. You can find us on Facebook.com slash WorshipMysteryCatalyst, Twitter.com slash WMCatalyst. Send an email to David at WorshipMysteryCatalyst.com or, or Kevin at WorshipMysteryCatalyst.com. We love to hear from you, so don't hesitate to get in touch. You can leave a voicemail, 360-818-4339, or go to our website and click on the tab on the right. Thanks for listening. We'll talk again soon. Bye-bye.